0: Season 2 episode 1 and guess what? I still believe it. You have influence. Let's go. Welcome to season 2 of the Himfluence podcast. A podcast created to equip and empower Christ followers with this one truth. The Jesus who died to live in us also died so he could be shared by us. If you're new to this show, my name is Marcos and I am a Christ follower. And I want to jump right into it because I know you're busy folding laundry, making coffee, cooking breakfast, cooking dinner, uh, getting the kids ready. Um, you're in traffic right now. I'm praying for you right now. Uh, let's get into it right now. Since this is the first episode of the season, let me tell you a little about the word influencer. I believe influencers point people to things or products, or even services, a influencer, which is anyone who has accepted Jesus Christ into their heart, points people to Jesus. And that authority and responsibility is something too valuable to misuse. We have a job as Christ followers to share two things, the love of Jesus Christ and the message of the cross. So yes, if you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, you have influence. So let's get right into it. A few weeks ago, I took a trip to Sight and Sound Theaters in Pennsylvania to check out the showing of David. So the night before the trip, I kind of wanted to see how long it was going to take me. So I opened up uh, my favorite travel app and, and looked at how long the drive would be from New York to Pennsylvania. And it gave me an estimated time. I kind of wasn't thrilled with that time. So I said, let me try another app to, to uh, determine how long it was going to take me. And I checked it. Gave me a similar um, time frame and I said, wait, I don't like that either. Let me go to another app as if that next app was going to be different and it wasn't. It gave me the same time span and a similar answer of how long it would take me to get from New York to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. But however, in this process, I learned something extremely phenomenal. Regardless of the app I was using, they were all concerned with one thing all of the different algorithms, all of the different vendors, all of the different companies, it didn't matter. Every single app uses one thing to spit out an estimated time of arrival. So what is that one thing every app needs in order to calculate directions and timing for you? The one thing each and every app was concerned about was where am I right now? Where am I sitting right now? As long as I gave the app that information, it was able to calculate How long it would take me to get from A to point B. But if I didn't tell it where I was right now, where I was leaving from, I couldn't get a proper estimation. Now I can imagine wherever you are in life and whatever walk you are in life and wherever you find yourself, there is a desire for you to grow, a desire to get from one place to another. There's a desire to move forward. And I can also imagine you may even have a specific destination in mind. I can even go further out on that limit and say, I'm sure that you may have a, a, a clear note as to where God wants you to go. And wherever you find yourself in that range, it is impossible for you to receive clear information on the steps you need to take until you're honest with where you are right now. Our call to live our lives so Jesus Christ is known hinges on how we are able to move forward. The direction God wants you to move is only a direction if you are not clear on how to move forward. So for a moment, let's go back to the story I started with as I opened. So let's pretend when I checked the first app for directions and I didn't like the estimated travel time. So I went in and I wasn't completely honest about my starting point. So I used a different address just to make the time shorter. Yes, the time will be different. I could even change the address so I got the desired estimated travel time that I actually wanted. It would still be inaccurate because I wasn't honest with where I was. In all honesty, I would not even be able to use those directions. And here is another thing, which is an entirely different topic, but it needs to be said. If I put in an inaccurate starting point, the directions I received wouldn't necessarily be wrong, but those directions would be wrong for me. Now, one of the most well-known and talked about accounts from the Bible is the account of Adam and Eve. Now, who ate the fruit? Who was responsible for this happening? Was it Adam? Was it Eve? Was it the serpent? All those things get exhausted in conversation all the time. But that's not what you and I are here for right now. I want to talk to you about what happened after the fruit was consumed. Adam and Eve had their eyes opened. They were now aware of things God did not intend for them to be aware of. And that particular level of awareness brought about shame. Adam and Eve were not supposed to even know about. Now, side note, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I'm always talking about the Bible reading plan that my family is on right now. And here I go again. When I began to reread the word of God, when I began to reread how good God is, I, I see now from Genesis, how God is trying to redeem man, how God wants to show man his love, show man how much he loves them and redeem them and bring them back to him. In reading Genesis, I see how God's kindness and his patience are some of the biggest tools he employs when dealing with his children. The word of God said that God's kindness leads us to repentance. Now the next interaction with Adam and Eve is a prime example of how God's love is on display for us. Now, we see Adam and Eve eat the fruit and their eyes are open. They feel shame. And Genesis 3, 9 happens and says, then the Lord called to the man, where are you? Now, after God said this to Adam, something else happens. Now, this next thought is purely my interpretation of what I think happened. So I'm going to pose it and then we'll jump back into what the Bible is saying. Now, God asked Adam, where are you? So here is what I think happened. God asked Adam, where are you? And now that his eyes are open and he's seeing things differently, he's feeling shame and he doesn't know what is going on. So as soon as God asks him, where are you? He answers completely honestly and openly. In verse 10 of chapter three, he says, I heard you walking in the garden. So I hid. I was afraid because I was naked, but it isn't until God hits him with the follow up question. In verse 11, where we see Adam start to stumble, and if you know anything about life, it's always the follow-up question that'll get you. In verse 11, it says that, who told you that you were naked, the Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And after God asked Adam this particular question is where things begin to unravel. God asked Adam a more pointed question, and I believe that God wanted Adam to do three things. One, assess where he was. Realize God already knew the answer to the questions. And see God wanted Adam to continue the cadence of intimacy they had already started. Before this point, Adam and God's relationship was one that was completely open, completely transparent and intimate. And once Adam ate of the fruit, it caused that intimacy to fracture and things go sideways. Now for me, I call the ability to look back at history a blinded benefit. Now, what is this blinded benefit? It's a benefit because we can see it, but often we're blinded to how history looks just like us. Adam and Eve always get a lion's share of the blame when this story is ever communicated. Things get said like Adam and Eve had it perfect. I can't believe they chose to eat the fruit when God had given them everything. I can't believe Adam and Eve tried to even hide from God. I can't believe they were deceived and they chose to disobey. For me, when I look at this story, I see myself. There are times when I ignored God and ignored the things he had for me and chose lesser things. There are times when I tried to hide from God, even though he knew already. There are times when I tried to hide from God, even though I knew he loved me just the way I was and only wanted me to give him all of me, even my faults, even my failures, and have him work in my life. There were times when I was deceived and I chose to disobey the thing he told me to do. So when I see the account of the Garden of Eden, I see myself. Now let's shift to you and me right now. I believe just like Adam, God created you on purpose for purpose. I believe just like Adam, God breathed his breath into your lungs. I believe just like Adam, God has given you a very important responsibility to take care of. And I believe just like Adam, You once found yourself in a place where it wasn't your best day. Now, if season one of the podcast had a theme, I would say it focused on being, being a child of God, being who God has called you to be, stepping into that and and walking with that authority. If I had to choose to give season two a theme, I think we're going to focus on growing. Now, I can imagine it's easy for you or I to remember a time when we didn't have our best day. Or you may be at that position right now. But let me give you some good news. I believe just like Adam, God created you for a purpose. I believe just like Adam, God breathed his breath into your lungs. And I believe just like Adam, God has given you a very important responsibility. And like I said at the top, our responsibility as children of God is is to share two things. The love of Jesus Christ and the message of the cross. So how do we grow past moments like this? How do we answer the where are you question when God shines his light on our hearts? We grow past moments like this when we choose to find joy and life in serving God and doing what he has called us to do. Psalms 37 verse four says, take delight in the Lord. Now I'm gonna stop right there. Take means that's an offensive, to take it, to obtain it. To go out and get it. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Now, if there were a section of verses that are misunderstood, this verse would probably uh, be looped up in, the, in that bunch. Psalm 37 verse 4 does not mean that God will give you everything that you want. Here is a glimpse into how that verse translates. Let's pretend you have a boss and your boss calls you into his or her office and they say, I want you to do a little dictation. Um, Whatever I say, I want you to write. Whatever I say, I want you to write. Whatever I say, I want you to write. So they talk and you write. And after you do that, they say, I want you to go out into the conference room. I want you to gather everybody. I want you to read these words. At that moment, when you are reading it, your boss's words have become your words. And to the person listening, those words are not, your boss's words at the time, those words have now become your words because those were the words that were given to you to use. When God is your source of strength, your source of life, your source of joy, your heart is aligned with his. And now the desire of his heart are replicated in the desires of your heart. So now your desires look like his desires. So he hasn't given you what you want. The exact opposite has happened. You want what God wants. When that is how your heart beats and you want to move forward to do what God has called you to do, you assess where you are. You are honest with where you are. You are honest with the things you need to do to get where he wants you to go. You are honest with the things you need to leave in order to get where he wants you to go. More than being honest, you are willing to do the work it takes to maintain the delight you have in the Lord. Here is another tidbit. If you are not delighting in the Lord, his desires are not your desires. If his desires are not your desires, then your laboring is in vain. If his desires are not your desires, then his will for your life is not being accomplished. If his will for your life is not being accomplished, then the people connected to you are currently missing out. So with all the love of Jesus I have on the inside of me, knowing God loves you, knowing God has a plan for you, Knowing God has created you to be a conduit of his love to the people around you. Knowing God has given you dreams and ideas of things he wants to do through you. Knowing all of that, I want to ask you, where are you? Are you living for the delight of the Lord? Are you settling for the approval of man? Are you living for the delight of the Lord? Or are you living for the glory of self? Are you living for the delight of the Lord? Are you afraid to take the next step he wants you to take? Now, we will never know what could have happened if Adam would have answered God wholeheartedly every time God asked him a question. However, as I read throughout Genesis, I see people who fall short. I see people who assess where they are openly and honestly. I see people who trust God enough to delight in the Lord and trust him with their future. So again, where are you? Are you at a place where you're delighting in the Lord? If not, you can get there. Thank you for spending this time with me. If you haven't already, connect with the podcast on social media. Stop by and join the conversation at the Influencer podcast on Instagram. Remember, wherever you go, your influence matters. I look forward to being with you on the next episode. Until then, keep influencing for him. Thank you.